I'm Stacy Mitchell, and you're listening to Something Even Better, a podcast about letting go of old dreams and what's not working so you can make room for something even better, where we explore the many unexpected twists we all go through to find our way to more aligned and meaningful work and lives. I have something rather shocking to tell you. I don't sleep next to my phone. I bet some of you feel anxious just thinking about that, about not having your phone next to you at all times, day and night. I've even read memes joking that people who don't sleep with their phones nearby just don't care what happens to their loved ones. Like we're all just supposed to sleep next to our dinging and vibrating phones with one eye open just in case we're needed at 2 a.m. But I am not emergency services, and neither are you. And my friends and family, they can wait until I wake up in the morning for me to read their messages and their memes, which is mostly what I get anyway. (laughs) I have an alarm clock on my night table that I've had for probably close to 20 years now. Seriously, around 8 or 9 p.m. every night, I put my phone away in the office and I don't touch it again until I'm taking my dog out for a walk in the morning. I get some people that get annoyed with me for that. (laughs) But even though I've kept my nighttime and my sleep sacred, something shifted when I started my business and started marketing that business on social media. I found myself reaching for my phone more and more. I noticed I couldn't focus very long anymore. Even during movies, I'd be looking for that little hit of dopamine by checking my likes or my DMs. I struggled to focus on my work and I felt my creativity slipping away. I began reading less, even listening to music less. I got bored more easily. When I think of something important, I needed my phone for, I would find myself opening social media instead and then wondering like, what the heck am I doing right now, (laughs) right? What was I planning to do? It's like walking into a room and forgetting why you're there. I was walking into my phone and forgetting. It was like my phone had turned me into a zombie, blindly reaching for it and not even knowing why. It's sort of like sleepwalking through life not being present to what's actually going on around you and only focused on the world that's unfolding within that tiny screen. I even started being harsher with myself and my appearance. I began to notice I didn't have perfect skin texture. I had fine lines. I had expression lines, which no one else seemed to have. And That's not because it was the actual truth, but because everyone uses filters and it really started to warp my reality. And I want to say, I feel super weird sharing this because quote, I'm not one of those people, right? The ones that get obsessed with likes or their appearance or who try too hard to impress people online or who get sucked into that compare and despair. Except unfortunately, we all are those people on some level. These apps have been researched and designed to hold our attention and to make us come back for more. 
because when they hold our attention, they can better sell to us and learn more about us. That is what they were created for. They were not created for helping us communicate, create community and stay in touch. They just weren't. They prey on our brain's weaknesses, our need to be liked and accepted, our love for dopamine, and its addictive quality that keeps us coming back. And that's why I'm taking a break from social media in January. And maybe even forever. Yeah, forever. I hope somebody out there in the audience gets that reference. And that's why today we're digging in to my top six reasons to quit social media and why I believe it's so important right now. First things first, we're going to get real heavy here, people. Social media is unethical. Full stop. Social media apps are created to be addictive and prey upon human weakness. These companies know They know, they do it by design. They are creating addictive features and they do it on purpose because they are selling your attention. They purposefully create dopamine loops like a slot machine that keep us coming back for more and more over time. Just notice for me right now, think about how often you're checking your phone. It happens because your phone is like your own personal slot machine. Will there be a reward? Will you win with a new like or a new notification or a new post or whatever it may be? These companies are also making you work for free. If you are a creator on any social media platform, whether you have a business or you're an influencer or anything else, you are working for free and you have no guarantee of any payoff, no ownership of your platform or your followers. They could shut you down tomorrow, and unless you personally know someone that works for Facebook or Instagram, you're basically screwed, and it happens every single day. I recently just finished watching season two of Evil, which if you haven't watched, it's one of my favorite shows, and I don't think it's super well known, but in one episode, Kristen is having dreams about cheating on her husband. And strangely enough, ads start popping up with sites to help her have an affair, even though she has never searched for anything regarding that. And she very carefully asks her colleague, Ben, like, why? Why am I getting ads for something that I know I haven't searched for? Clearly, she doesn't tell him what it is. But he replies that Online companies are increasingly good at predicting behaviors that seemingly have nothing in common. So this is my own example, but when you are, let's say, a 40-year-old married woman, which they probably know from all the data they have on you, and you start searching for sexier underwear, right? they can start connecting that data with all kinds of possibilities. And how creepy is that? But if you've ever had one of those moments where you and your friend, you're out to lunch and she mentions, we're going on a ski trip to blah, 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 right? And suddenly you start seeing ads everywhere for the blah, blah, blah ski resort. (laughs) 
Let me tell you why it happens. Facebook and Instagram are tracking us a lot more closely than you think. And while they promise they're not actually listening to us, which I'm just going to say, who knows, what they're really doing and what they even admit to doing is still super creepy. According to several articles on the subject, Facebook compiles and cross-references loads of data on you and everyone else, but based on where your phone has been, who you've been with, what you've been searching for and buying, what you post, the hashtags you use, the locations you tag, you name it, they use it. And they use it to try to figure out what ads to serve you and how to predict your behavior. So when you are with your friend and they've been researching ski resorts and they just booked it, Facebook knows you were with that friend and that they just booked it. And hey, maybe because you are so similar to that friend, you also want to go to blah, 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 (laughs) ski resort. I am not making this up. In fact, Jaron Lanier, who is an American computer scientist who founded the first company to sell VR goggles and wired gloves, has a book called 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. And his first argument is, you are losing your free will. And I have to take a moment and wonder, like I know that seems really intense, but I do question that it could be true. Facebook's algorithm is constantly mining your data to understand exactly what you need to see at that moment to make you take an action, like buying something or even just staying on the Apple a longer time, right? They can use all this data they have at their fingertips about you and everyone else on the platform to figure out how to keep you hooked and to keep you buying. And I'm just going to get real with all of you. Facebook does not care about your privacy or your free will. If the Cambridge Analytica scandal taught us anything, it's that. And in case you've been under a rock, Cambridge Analytica mined the data of 87 million Facebook profiles without their consent for the purposes of political advertising. Specifically, this was for the 2016 presidential campaigns of Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. And Facebook was fined $5 billion by the Federal Trade Commission in 2019. And yet, I still have a Facebook profile, and I'm betting you you do too, right? Which, for me, makes me feel a little bit ashamed of myself, if we're being really honest. We know better, and yet we still just sign up for this. And as Facebook grows and changes, I get more worried about meta, right? Metaverse and virtual reality and all of us sitting at home like some scene from Ready Player One, which please, if you haven't read it, like you have to read it. The movie's great. Book's always better. Am I right? (laughs) Bottom line, I do not want to experience life from a screen. I want to experience the real thing. I don't want to experience from goggles or from my living room. Are those great things? Sure, in moderation and from people who have ethics. Okay, my second reason to quit social media. We all want more time, yet we won't give up the thing that takes up a ton of it. 
social media, right? The average American spends anywhere from three and a half hours to four hours on their phone every single day. And younger people spend even more than that. If you take the three and a half number, that's 25 hours a week, 53 days a year. That's 24 hour days. You could write an entire book. You could take up daily meditation. You could learn a language. You could take a class. You could take a walk. You could take a nap. You could take a lot of naps. You could take a lot of walks. 53 days a year. That is a lot of time for something that has been proven over and over and over again that it's really bad for us. And if you're not sure, keep listening, both as individuals and as a society. I'm just leaving it there. You know what you could do with 53 days a year. You know the thing that you want to make time for. Reason number three to quit social media. It's destroying our mental health and we don't even begin to know the longer term consequences. The evidence continues to grow that social media is linked to depression. And in many, many, many studies, there is a correlation between how much time we spend on social media and our reported levels of depression. Social media use may also increase our perceived social isolation especially in young adults, which basically means you feel lonely and like you don't have support. And I think there may be some FOMO to this, right? It makes me think of Mindy Kaling's really hilarious book title and really hilarious book, Is Everybody Hanging Out Without Me? Which I will admit I have definitely felt while scrolling social media. And in fact... A 2018 study showed that social media is linked to FOMO, and another study linked FOMO to compulsive social media use and to fatigue that could lead to increased anxiety and depression. There's also some evidence that passively using social media, like scrolling but never interacting or posting yourself, could be linked to increased social anxiety. Not to mention that there are Studies that link screen time to higher anxiety, period, which I know most of us would not sign up for. Recently, I read an article that doctors globally are seeing an increase in sudden onset Tourette's like ticks in teenage girls. An August 2021 study shows us that sudden onset of unexplained ticks now accounts for 35% of tick disorders. That used to be about 1%. But what's weirder, the ticks these doctors are seeing all seem really similar, which began to give them some clues that it wasn't actually Tourette syndrome. Instead, these tick-like attacks are actually thought to be a movement disorder brought on by stress and also by spending too much time on social media where they're seeing these ticks displayed over and over again. That, that's especially true on TikTok. Unsurprisingly, there's also research that higher social media use is linked with lower self-esteem. I mean, I would say I have pretty decent self-esteem. It's pretty high. But if you remember back to my own introduction here, even I struggle with comparing myself to the images I see on social media. And while I have gotten past comparing myself to actresses or models, it's just all too easy to see one of our own friends using a filter and just even subconsciously think, 
ooh, I, I don't look nearly as good as they do. And by the way, I'm not saying that doesn't happen in real life ever, but in real life, I get to see the full human being in front of me without filters, without poses, or without anything else, right? I get to see them in uh, fluorescent lighting, if you will. Okay, on to reason number four. When you quit social media, you increase your ability to focus, create, and deeply learn new concepts. If you've noticed that you just can't quite focus as much as you used to be able to, it might be because of all of your time spent on social media. Social media and other digital distractions have the ability to literally change our brains. Its use can change the way we process memory and has been linked to memory deficits. And in a 2019 study, Americans were found to check their phones an average of 96 times a day. That's once every 10 minutes. I want you to think about that. You are being interrupted every 10 minutes. And the way that social media is designed, it basically trains our brains to be looking for new shiny objects to distract us. And it can even affect our ability to pay attention. And I could be wrong, but I suspect that our ability to deeply focus will soon, really soon, I think, become one of the most coveted skill sets on the planet. I mean, I just want you to think about this. If most of us are on social media and we're losing hours a day to scrolling, what happens to those few people who opt out and use that time to really learn something new? or to write, or to study, to paint, or even just to nap. The power of sleep, y'all. Will those people stand out as the calmest, smartest of all of us? It's a valid question. Will those people be the ones to drive innovation because they're not distracted? One of my favorite authors, Cal Newport, seems to think so. And in his book, Deep Work, He says, quote, the ability to perform deep work is becoming increasingly rare at exactly the same time it is becoming increasingly valuable in our economy. As a consequence, the few who cultivate this skill and then make it the core of their working life will thrive. Clearly, I happen to agree with him. Something that's really kept me from wanting to leave social media is the idea that I'm going to stop learning new things, which when I reflect upon it is a totally ridiculous concept. That's why we have books and courses and blogs and podcasts and all the millions of different ways of learning that are probably way more, let's be honest, legitimate (laughs) than social media. And when I stop pretending that I'm really learning when, when I'm actually doing is consuming whatever is put in front of me by an algorithm. I can choose what I want to learn and have both the time and the focus to not just learn it, but also to apply it. I I have to admit, like I get worried about being out of touch, but I also question what if being on social media is keeping me from truly understanding the world around me? 
Which brings me to reason number five. When you quit social media, you can focus on creating and maintaining your real life relationships and community. So I used to spend way less time on my phone. Before I had a business, I was on social media a little, but not all the time. After I started the business, it started to feel a lot more constant. If I wasn't on Instagram, I was thinking about what to post on Instagram, right? And most of my spare moments were spent scrolling on Instagram or watching stories. So much so that my husband started to complain, which is super embarrassing for me to admit. He'd even say that I wouldn't listen to him or respond when he asked me a question, which as somebody who wants to be a good partner and a friend, that was really upsetting to me. And yet... I kept doing it. It is so common, this behavior, that researchers have actually named it fubbing, snubbing someone for your phone. One study even found that more than 17% of people fub others at least four times a day. And how annoying is that to you when someone does it, right? But even more important, I'm going to ask you a more important question. How many times do you miss what your family or your friends say because you're too focused on your phone. I'm embarrassed, really, truly embarrassed by how quickly I'll sometimes reply to my Instagram DMs. And I'm not saying that I don't have real friends there, but I'll do that when what I really need to do is take a minute and call my sister or my parents or my friends. And this is not the kind of person I want to be in the world. And I just want to ask you, could you use just some of the time you spend on your phone to do the things that actually increase your quality of life? Like get outside more, volunteer, spend time with friends or family where you're actually there. You are fully present and in it. These kind of activities are way more likely to lead to more happiness and contentment than staring at your phone. And... The sixth and final reason to quit social media. Just consider what you want your legacy to be for your life. Do you want your loved ones to say, she sure had a pretty Instagram feed? (laughs) Or they always shared the best memes. They never paid attention to me, but they always shared the best memes. I'm going to say probably not. Although I know some of you get a lot of pride out of sharing amazing memes. (laughs) For the past few years, I have used the Cultivate What Matters Planner, and every year there's a question that's something like, what will you wish you had done with your life when you're 80? And I know for a fact that for me, I'll wish I'd spent more time enjoying my real life, my actual life and the present moment, instead of always looking at a screen. I want to say too, there's been quite a bit of research that is connecting higher levels of narcissism to increased social media use. There's been a pretty strong connection seen with grandiose narcissism. That's an unrealistic sense of superiority, which honestly, as I say that, I'm thinking of people's comments that I've seen on Facebook posts, but we, I digress. But that strong connection increases with the time spent on social media the number of posts and tweets that you post and how often you post selfies. So I'm just going to come right out and say it. I don't want to be a narcissist. 
(laughs) that doesn't usually make for strong connected relationships, which are important to me. Now, I also want to be clear, the research is complex. So if you're posting a ton on social media, that does not automatically make you a narcissist. But for me, the idea that I could become more and more self-serving and self-centered and think that I'm better than everyone else, even just by a tiny fraction of a percent with the time I spend on social media, that does not sit well with me. And something else that goes under this reason around legacy, when you lessen your addiction to your phone, you also protect others because you're not tempted to text and drive. 90%, 90% of drivers admit to using their phone behind the wheel, and it is super dangerous. You are literally putting your own life and others' lives at risk so you can check your stupid phone. <laughs> saying it. An accident can happen even to you. Yes, to you. So just stop, please. Even if you hear nothing else, please stop. And let me finish with this. Every single day you use social media, you're selling your attention and your information, all of your data for free to social media platforms. And who knows who else? Let's be real. Because how else do you think they know what ads to show you at exactly the right time? How else do you think they know how to keep you coming back for more? And if you are a creator, I want to remind you again that you are working for these platforms for free. Probably hours. You may have like an entire full-time job creating for Instagram. I know for a while it felt like that for me. And I don't know about you, but I'm just ready to break free from that. I'm ready to break free from the tiny little screen that steals away my presence, my peace, and my time. And even though I spend less time on my phone than the average American, I'm still at what I consider a shameful 15 hours a week. I feel like so much of my time is slipping away from me every day. And Even though I know all of this, I still find myself numbing out each night to the glow of the Instagram scroll and then wondering, why am I not creating more and reading more, connecting more, or even just relaxing more? And this is not what I signed up for. I created my first Facebook profile back in 2004. This was back when it was only available to college students, and it was seven years before I even had a smartphone. I did it just to connect with my high school friends and my college friends. And honestly, like to pretend I was smart by giving smart books on my profile. (laughs) But truly, think about what you most want for your one life. What's the legacy you want to leave behind? And when you find your answer, just consider. Maybe it's time to quit social media forever. But even if not forever, because even I'm not sure, I think there are plenty of reasons to quit social media for a while, even if it's just for a few hours of being phone-free every day. And now, an opportunity. I've decided to host a book club for the month of January for How to Break Up with Your Phone by Katherine Price. 
And as I said before, I'll also be taking January completely off from social media. Now, before you all stop the podcast because you're like, Haha, that is not going to happen, just hear me out. You do not have to spend your January completely off of social media if you don't want to, even if you join the book club. This is not a challenge with super strict rules. I will send some recommendations to help you lessen your use of your phone and social media. And this is whether you want to go like totally cold turkey or you just want to moderate how much you're spending on your phone, how much time you're spending. And in fact, like there's research that shows that just constraining your use can be really helpful. So if you've been nodding along with me throughout this episode and you feel like, yes, I'm ready to take this time back, my piece back, I really want you to join us. I am capping the book club to 10 people and it costs $15 to join because I want people who are serious about reading and about discussing. You'll get a weekly email with my own experiences being social media free, additional resources and tools, as well as journal prompts to help you apply the book to your life. And on January 30th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern, we'll all come together on Zoom and have a good old-fashioned book club discussion. (laughs) I'll bring the agenda and the discussion prompts. You bring your favorite blanket and a drink if you want. And if you want to join, if you're ready, you can go over to stacymitchell.com and click on the announcement bar at the top of the website for the book club. Or you can find the link in the show notes. The deadline to join is December 19th. Yes. There are still spots available. I would love to help support you and give you back your time and your peace in the new year. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a couple of your friends. This is honestly the absolute best way to help me add more listeners And I really, really appreciate it. And if you want links to the studies and the books that I cited here, please go to stacymitchell.com slash blog, and you can read this as a blog post there. Thanks so much for listening and have a wonderful holiday season. If you love this podcast, why not share it with your friends, your family, your favorite social media profile, literally everyone you know. (laughs) And take a minute to give me a review wherever you listen. I love reading the reviews and sharing is always caring.